0: up, everybody? My name is Indy, and I just want to welcome you here. That gentleman next to me is Mr. Jay Powell from Powell Group Consulting. And welcome to another amazing, exciting episode of Indie Game Business. Today, we are talking about doing a Burrell role. We've wow. got James, James wow. Burrell. <laughs> and he's going to talk about why you need a good producer. Also, don't forget to unmute in Discord, Jay. I did. Um, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Tripwire presents... The most important thing of this this uh, oh, right here. Thank you so much, Tripwire Prevents Presents, for being an amazing sponsor of Indie Game Business.
1: All right. So this is one of those shows that I've been trying to put together for four years. And <laughs> Heather tried to talk me out of doing this in December. She's <laughs> like, we're already like going into January. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's James... There's low stress. No stress. A,
2: no, If we have stress, then
1: I'm hanging out. We're, we're, we're going to have fun. We're going to learn some stuff. But <laughs> James is one of my oldest and most dearest friends in the industry. And originally, part of this podcast was I was going to try to have James and I come on and talk about games each week. Because, oh, my God, we give each other hell about everything. And we have many varying opinions on everything from marketing to production to whatever. And all James' opinions are wrong. So you go, be oh, All yeah, wonderfully... here we go. Already. All yes. Right wrong. Already. Already. So we're going to have fun today. If you've got questions about production Shit. at all, anything or pro- or, or, game, or, uh, Yeah, product or production.
2: I'm happy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want dirt on me, you can oh, yeah. get it out of right. James yeah. as well. You can bring a whole shovel full. I mean, a whole... Whatever it's called. Fucking <laughs> All right. So let's start with a fun question. James. Yeah. Why don't
1: you tell the listeners how you got into the industry and then walk us through
2: your career up to this point? Oh, my God. Um, I can answer why how I got in the industry. <laughs> can I use names? For I was working at GameStop. Okay. No, at the time. Yeah, it was GameStop. I was working at GameStop and I was like, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. I forget. Long ass time ago. University Mall in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, right next to (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Right? Mr. Kirk Owen comes walking in. He had four random titles. And I said to the guy, Why do you have four random titles? Who buys this shit? And he goes, Oh, well, I run an agency. And would you want to come in and take a look at titles? I'm like, sure. Let's I will take a look at titles and see if they have any value but yeah it was because he had four random i think it was one a strategy a flying a racing and shooting i mean they were completely different genres i didn't know and i i always questioned my customers because that's how i worked and then uh and then yeah he's like hey do you want to come on down and and then i met you and then then my life became a show um So uh, so let me see. My career started with you guys doing uh, agency work. I uh, saw some incredible games. I uh, saw some shitty games. Uh, so let me give you a little bit of insight on that. So at the time, people would have titles that they if they had any legs. And I'll never forget, uh, there was some guy who put something across. You put something across my desk. And um, I played it. I did the write-up. And you came to where I was sitting. And you were like, you can't say this. Like, you cannot go back to the person and say this. So it was like, but it's all true. Like, how can I not? It's all true. This game sucks. Um, But at the same time, we had some really great titles come, come through. Um, And then some of them had some legs. Some of them did not. Like the Kama Sutra Claymation Porn. And I could see thumbprints yes. on the actual, right? And then I remember the, that one. Right? Yes. And, and and the game you had to rescue your grandfather that was in the... the um, he was in the shitter outside, and he had really bad gas, and you had to find the key for his, um, what is it called? The outside toilet. I'm drawing a blank. Outhouse. Outhouse. You had to find a key for the outhouse. I remember walking through the living room, and on the side of the thing, there was a screen, and on the side of the thing, it literally said child porn across the thing. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> or the the game that was trying to be Quake, and then you press the, instead of the BFG button, you, you break out two middle fingers, and you flipped off the world, and everything died in front of you. So yeah, so that's how. Um, and then what happened was, you guys were like, "Hey, we really want to make Nintendo games. We have we don't have any kind of process. Make it happen." And remember, Lloyd walked into office and he goes, "Hey, here's a Warrior World login. Make Nintendo games, okay?" And we made it happen. We we did it, which was great because at the time, this industry at the time that it was the Wild West, you made things happen. It was a great group of people and I forget how many tiles we ended up doing the, the, uh, with the uh, game factory with Nintendo. Uh, so I got in from doing uh, just agency work, analysis work, then doing production work. I was at the also at the same time as working at Red Storm doing QA. Um, I don't have my resume in front of me. But geez, so many places. Maybe I should pull my resume and, and remind myself where I was at. So... Uh, done everything I need to sign Facebook, mobile, PC, console, production, project management, QA, localization, never done, done, never done engineering, done some Photoshop work. Yeah, I don't know. So
1: folks that have listened to the, to this and heard me talk about this wonderful producer that I worked with years ago who had like a track record of like, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 straight first Check passes through Nintendo lot check, which was an ungodly achievement.
2: And my first fail, by the way, that was I'll never, right. I'll never forget my first fail. My first fail was because I put a lowercase b instead of a capital B on their stupid paperwork. And I remember talking to the, the testing one, two, three out of Seattle and being like, they failed me because of a lower, like a lowercase letter. That was it. I failed That's lot. That was my first fail. That's how so, easy it was, right? Right. So, I do
1: You know, but this gets into because a lot of times we'll get people asked, it's like, so what do I how do I get into production? And I always laugh because I mean, hell, I did some production back then Mm. and some executive production, which James adored when I was the executive producer on projects. You don't have to give that look to the camera. Uh
2: let me so the term. Well, let me go back for a second. I got to thank Nintendo because Nintendo released the best uh Wi-Fi killer. If you ever do an old school Nintendo DS and if if anyone watches this and did old-school DS lot check, there was a piece of software that Nintendo gave you to destroy people's wireless. And I remember Nick and I went to Barnes & Noble with the DS, and we actually took down the wireless during Christmas at Barnes & Noble because you can actually change the slider of the thing, and it would actually disrupt everyone's Wi-Fi signal. And so we would, like, turn it on, and everyone's, like, studying, and the Wi-Fi would go (laughs) off. and he'd be like what the fuck and i would turn it off and they would be like oh it's back up and i'd be like swipe it back on and everyone's wi-fi goes off and i was like this is awesome thank you nintendo like i wish like ca- I, I wish to this day i had that cart
1: i wish i had that cart still to do it right oh my god all right so look i'm getting over bronchitis here if you feel well, like I, I laugh I
2: like this I, well, I, I actually i'm actually the tail end of the flu so oh well, um, so we're, we're all like fancy all right so Wait, let me, and then going into the question, the thing you just had, so yeah, Jay was a great executive producer, but it's the first time I've ever learned the word seagull, so let me tell you something, love Jay, Jay's one of the smartest guys I know, knows the industry inside of but there are definitely times that, like, wait, wait, wait. you gotta finish that quote, what, what, the exact quote you gave me
1: one time was that when I was sitting at my desk in the office, I was the Mm -hmm. smartest son of a bitch you'd ever met. But the minute I walked out the door.
2: Oh, you're the idiot. Yes. Yes, because I'll never forget. He worked at the same office forever. And one day, we always make a left out of the door. And one day, he decided to make a right and walked into the wall. Like, straight up. You walked into the wall. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And I tell people about it. Also, it's kind of funny. When you're in the industry long enough it's the it's the stories it's the people it's the it's the the asian guy that was one story below us who would put in the toilet so we had a toilet when we had so many guys and so we would go downstairs and this guy would write us nasty notes and take pictures of our cars and literally put it in the bathroom telling us telling us we couldn't use this bathroom remember ben and i and no i don't remember this oh my god the guy ben would know The guy would literally take pictures of our cars and and then, and then print them out and then put them on the inside of the toilet stalls telling us not to use his restroom. It was the pub. We would go down to the second floor.
1: Wow. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Yep. Um, So after you left, what was we turned that agency into a publishing company and you had a big old string.
2: So what'd you do next? Um, after I left, after I did the publishing, I went up to actually went up to other ocean up in Canada, uh, did on there, did a bunch of mobile titles for play first. And, um, also, uh, Sega. And I was up there for about two years. And the reason being is I had the work visa. And then they came back to you guys. And then I was out there and then, um, it was Marscom at the time. And then we were acquired by, uh, played him uh-huh. right and then played him took us over and then uh disney took us over
1: like almost immediately i had already right? left at this point i, right. I wasn't yeah.
2: there when all of that happened Yep, yeah. and then uh you know i'll never forget you know working with matt and you know the fact that the one moment of some on the phone and i was like wait are we talking to dave roll who's the guy from the interstitial screens from uh, plants versus zombies and And Matt's like, I'm going to ask him if he actually wears a pot on his head backwards. I'm like, no, 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 no. And what's funny is like a couple days ago, I was talking to somebody, one of the guys I work with now. He's like, yeah, I worked on Plants of Zombies too. And I was like, have you met Dave Roll? He goes, oh yeah, they got the pot in the back of his head. And I just lost it. And I was like, it's a small world. It's a small world.
1: Suffice it to say, you've done a shitload of production Mm-hmm. On a wide variety of titles and, mm-hmm. and platforms. All right. So this gets yeah. to our first question coming in from Discord. Yeah. Oh, shit. Discord what questions? is the most important skill
2: a producer should have? Yeah. I can't limit to one. Um, I'm going it, to, and it's not, it, it, and it's not to me, I'm going to go with more personality traits empathy and communication. I think it's a, a lot of times what happens is you have to understand your team, you have to understand people you work with, you understand the structure. If you have a, I mean, producers know what the the tool sets and Jira and Confluence and blah 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 and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's how you treat your team. It's how you treat your people you work with, right? Uh, to me, that's what sets sets yourself apart or sets yourself to build from the team. Because the end of the day, your weakest link is the people on your team. If you're a weakest link and you can't build it, then your team's going to see it. And they're not having fun, you're not having fun, it's going to show up. So if I had to choose anything, it would be empathy and understanding how your team structure works.
1: And I know James understands that because I would quite frequently drop projects on his desk and then he would look at me and go, that that can't be done.
2: Well, yeah. And the term, that's the first time I actually, the, and everyone will know this word if you've been in the industry long enough. I don't even say long enough. And it's called Siegeling. Uh, Jay was a master at flying over your, flying into your, like he would wait, wait for me to go to the bathroom. Right. And then I come back and there's a damn milestone on on my chair and seagull comes flying into my office, shits in my chair and then flies away and magically make this happen. So yes, producers, if you're in the channel, you know, the pain you were in, like (coughs) your, your executive producer, your, your level C people come to you and say, you have to make this happen in four months. You have no budget, and oh, by the way, all your people are junior, and they're going to be on vacation half the time, and they don't know English. Okay, make it happen. You <laughs> did. I don't know what right? the, I don't know what you're complaining about. It's uh-huh. like, <laughs> oh yeah, well, uh, right. you always pulled it off. True, true. But at the same time, I'm told you always pulled it off. But there was there was those times at three o'clock in the morning, me playing the game Prey, trying to get a strawberry shortcake game, and I have a nightmare about Prey and strawberry shortcake. So really. You, was, was Strawberry the Shortcake the one where I actually had the publisher send you a, yes. like, toy? Well, no, it's ha- not just one toy. I'm talking when I came back to my office, and there was my, my office was filled with Strawberry Shortcake. And you literally came into my office and said, you cannot remove any of this until the game's done. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what? Joking aside... It, it's it was it was really the the team we had and the people we had. I mean, there's a couple. of, Not gonna name names. Tough a couple. Of, take a short walk off a bridge, but um, you know, it was it was fun. It was actually a unique experience, and if I didn't do those times, I wouldn't be sitting where I am right now. So, thank and, you. and it, it's one of those things
1: too that this was. I mean, you got to keep in mind this was 20 years ago, and so we didn't Jesus. have things like. Go to a college or a tech school and get a degree in production or Scrum or anything else. It, you literally had to learn it as you went along. And it's like if we look at the people that we worked with back then, you know, you you've been all over the world producing. You came out of GameStop. Mm-hmm. Matt, who's over at Epic, he mm-hmm. does what UI UX at Epic. He's now he's a director. He's director of UI. Yep. Yep. And so yep. he also. Came out of GameStop and was a tester and then he was a producer and then he went on. Dana, you know, Mm -hmm. she's like head of marketing or something
2: over on the Unreal Engine. Which I'll never forget. I'll never forget. She'll probably, if she ever sees this, she'll kill me for this. She came to my office and she goes, hey, I think I might have an opportunity to Epic. And I said, and she's like, I don't think. And I was like, shut the fuck up. You do this right now. You don't give a fuck about us. You go to Epic right now. You, you just like, there's no like stop in jail and you pass, go, go. You walk, like, literally leave right now. I'll tell the guys you quit, go. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. Miss her, by the way. At the end of the
1: day, I think, I think Dana and, and Matt might have been like the smartest ones out of our entire crew that oh, know, they, no, they, they end up are. there and right, right. We, we, we end up doing podcasts. And so, yeah. um, all right, so if if the most important skill that you need to have is, is empathy and I well, mean, obviously organization.
2: Yeah, documentation, you know, and also the way you treat your team, the way you treat your client, uh, communication, right? You never want to get to a point that someone said something that, you know, um, case in point. Uh, and this is, there's a, there's a joke here, but also at the same time, it's real. I remember, I'll never forget, we had a, like, when you receive anything from an agent, or you receive something, read it, read it, read it, read it. I, re- I received a uh, a work in progress GDD. It was a concept, and I was reading it through, and it had to do with uh Abbey, and uh, it was one of those poems—a hidden hidden object game. And I'm reading it, reading it, reading it, and there's this point that guys like, and you pick up a bike, and you pick up this, and you pick up used condoms, and I'm like, what the. F- fuck. And I remember getting up out of my chair and I walked into your office and I just pointed to the sheet and I said, what is this? What does this say? And you're like, that says use condoms. And I was like, that's a kid's game. You have to read. You have to make sure you understand what you're actually putting out. You understand like that is your role is to tie everything together. You know, make sure you're, you know, you don't want to worry about artist three, what they're doing of Post processing or how they're doing the art or everything, but understand what they're doing. Understand that there was first for today, this is what they're working on, right? Because at the end of the day, you you, you have your milestones depending upon your schedule. You might be doing a TMN, like a time management, but you need to know at any given day, you know, there's that old story. If you got hit by a bus and someone needs to replace you, you need to have all your Ducks in a row that someone could replace you. Hey, I got hit by a bus one time. They didn't do a good enough job. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're still walking, talking. You're joking, man. You know that.
1: Eric, see, I had another question in there, and then you just completely like shot it right out of out of my head. Oh, yes, the other point on the used Mm. condoms thing. Yeah. You also have to read this stuff because we live in an industry where people will try to screw with you and they will mm-hmm. put stuff in there to make sure you read it. I will never forget getting a PowerPoint pitch deck for a game based on uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman. And in the middle of it, there were three slides dedicated to the
2: art of masturbation. There you go. and, and That like... that is uh, an art, by the way. Just, yeah. I'm not going to go there. It's a different <laughs> podcast, but... Uh, I sure I,
1: I called the guy and I'm like, what the hell is this? And he starts laughing. He's like, I just want to make sure you read it.
2: Right. Because that's I exactly knew it.
1: You could not read that and not comment on it. And if we got to the next meeting and you hadn't said anything about it, I would know you're full of shit and you hadn't read it.
2: Right. And that's another thing, is challenge your team, challenge the people you're working with, right? Put something in there that people go, Wait, did you mean to put that? Uh another thing is your SOW and your pre-production is invaluable. Your SOW needs to be rock solid. We brought it back to the beginning. Sorry, it's an SOW statement of work that that tells you what basically the client and you are going to be doing, what's the responsibility, what's the timelines, right? You need to make sure that's rock solid and you have an agreement. And if something doesn't make sense in that and timeline, do not let it go into production until that's that is completely nailed out. Because uh, uh, if you don't have a strong statement of work and the client actually tries to go above and beyond and legal's just like oh we didn't see that like you have to be the last and i understand that statement of works legal legalese honestly the first what 18 pages to throw away I'm talking about that just that one page or maybe two pages that just lists out timelines goals responsibilities you nail that and also pre-production if you don't have a strong timeline for pre-production if you go right into production once again, that's going to bite you in the ass. The more you can do the pre-production, the more you can actually understand what you need to get done, then you're saying is your team up for success. All right. So what makes a strong pre-production schedule? Uh, getting understanding, like getting the tech out, getting all those concerns out of the way, right? Do you have a concern about the engine? Do you have a concern that, the, you know, from the service side, the engine's not going to be able to, house as many players as you want, or you just don't understand your tech pipeline, or you don't understand how you're gonna pipeline for characters. It's setting up all the requirements that you need to get to be able to get in the production, right? I I like to say, think of it if it, it's your first date, right? You do all these things and, I'm, and, and, and we can all do this. We go back to our first date we've had with whomever. We make sure everything is right you're 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 dressed well you got your your car cleaned you got the restaurant you you have everything aligned now if you're married or you've been dating someone for you know how long that goes out the fucking window you're like whatever I am who I am but doing that pre-production so when you actually go on a date when you actually go into production all those things are answered so you don't have to go you don't you're not answering those questions during development excellent what about, what about questions that you didn't anticipate that come up in the middle of development? You just say, fuck you, and you walk away. No, you face it with the team. Like, that's once it goes back to the communication, it goes back to documentation, right? If something comes up and there's a question or they're concerned about something, then you need to face it at that moment. Put it in front of documentation. You know, let's talk about a feature set. Build up the feature, figure out the timeline, figure out the scope, go back to the client, work it out. Do not make promises you cannot keep, ever. Never get on the phone with the client and say, "Yeah, we'll make it happen." Hmm. No, I'll look into it. I'll that get was my back, job, right? Yeah, Yo, fuck you. <laughs> I'll look into it. I'll get back to you. Thank you. This sounds really great. I need to get with my team. All that stuff. Never ever say, "Yeah, we're going to make it happen." And then your team's like, "What did you just did you just promise a three uh, D match first version shooter dance dance revolution game?" Thanks, right? It fits all the marketing bullet points. I don't
1: know what you're complaining uh, about, James.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We did our market research. That's what that's what the industry wants at the moment. Uh, okay. The question. So uh, somebody's asked, mm-hmm. is James available for hire? He seems nice. Um, he has a job. <laughs> and I have a wait, 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 wait. first deal. My, my concern on him. about
2: my concern about that is that doesn't sound like a, a available for hire that sounds like available to come over and make me steaks like he's like a nice guy he's want to come over and do my laundry does he want to like i have a like sure I mean the next. I mean if i like I love like I'm a big barbecue guy so if you want to smoke some meat oh that came out wrong um, but yeah no uh, no I'm not for hire right now
1: all right, um, and, and and he is nice. I, I
2: I will say that I've
1: never worked with another producer who stood up for his team. And James, back then, James was the only one in the office, aside from our bosses, that would come into my office and say no.
2: Me, me, he
1: really does a do, good job of of defending his team, and he is nice, except when he's talking to me. All
2: yeah, right, well, no, that's, Dan, but, but at the same time, at the same time, I'll tell you, I also there's those moments where you also just have to remember that everyone has uh, a life outside of work, right? Everyone has those moments. Um, they put the pants on just like you do. They have a shitty night just like you do. They just had a rough moment just like you do. You got to treat them like, like um, and I, I I wouldn't say I did this, I think I did this too much, but uh, I'd bring in bagels to work. or yes, uh, Or I'd wear my motorcycle helmet and let the whole team shoot nerf darts at me for a half an hour. That, right? was, that and, was
1: probably only me as well.
2: Yeah. Well true. And uh Jay had this. I don't know how the fuck he did it. He could be across the room, across the room, a hundred yards away. And I'll just look at me and shoes nerf up. And it always hits me in the nuts. I don't know <laughs> how, how you did it. Like it the, I could be around the corner and I'd step away, and boom, <coughs> hits me right in the nuts. It's a skill.
1: Uh, it was. All right, we got we got a good question for you. Yeah. We're gonna go jump straight off the deep end here. How do you go about planning and estimating and costing large game projects while
2: allowing for iteration in game design? That's a that's a great point. Um, you have to get a strong feature set, right? You can't go into your cost and you understand your strong. What is your core features that you want to have in the game, right? You have to have your polar, pillars defined. You have to have the game defined. You have to have your feature set defined. Now. That being said, those small iterations when it comes to design, what you have to do is look at the cost of your team and then break down the structure of what those that cost is. And I'm not gonna, let's not go into overhead and all that. But if you add in, go in and tell yourself, I'm gonna add 10, I'm gonna add 20% to understanding. And I'm gonna go back a second. That goes back to your pre-production work again. If you do strong pre-production while you're working on design, you can figure out what your cost is and say, we've got to use this amount of time for my pre-production. And if there's a change in scope and time, I'm gonna work with the client and say, hey, we're gonna come back to you if this concerns, right? But if you, get in a, if, you're, if you get out of pre-production and you haven't defined that, yeah, going back to the client saying, I need more money. <laughs> that's not gonna work, right? And so iterating, that's a completely different thing. Prototyping, prototyping, prototyping. Pre-production. Iterate, iterate, iterate so you actually understand what you're making. But you have a good producer or a good, you know, working with your uh, legal team, figuring out what the, figuring out the, and also, this is, I've seen this by people in the ass. um, Make sure your team that you have, the cost that you put onto your team is the team that you want. What I mean by that is if you have a junior and nothing wrong with juniors, we all have to learn our chops. Make sure you're putting the junior, your mid and your, your leads on the right feature sets. You're not letting them turn the wheels. You're not letting them go, well, wow, this is the simplest thing. Why Why is my producer even putting me on this project? And that's another thing that will help you with the cost and iterative iterations as well. All right, we we have a question from one
1: of my other favorite producers in the world. Who's so it? Erica asked any oh. tips on how to position your team for bidding on client gigs when you know you are presenting a realistic bid and the other teams are going to promise the moon, get the gig and then fail.
2: Yeah. That's that's I I wish I had it just happened to me by the way. Literally just happened to me about a month ago. Uh let them promise the moon. Because what's going to happen is if you're your your strength and your honesty, if you worked with the client and you Said, hey, we can do the X, Y, and Z, and you're not promising the moon, that team is going to fail. And guess what? If you've done your due diligence and you keep contact with that client, they're gonna, I'm not gonna say it's 100 percent time, but they're gonna come back to you. They're gonna say, Listen, you've done the legwork. We 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 looked at it and said, We tried with this team and they failed. And another thing you can do is also if you can during that phase. Deliver something that's playable. Another thing is everyone likes something they can play. Everyone likes something they can actually touch. If you can actually have something in the in your past that you deliver for another client, you know, always keep that in your back pocket and says, Hey, we have a 3D match game. I'm just throwing it as an idea, but I have a three D match game where you have an engine you are already built. Hey, we're gonna give you the engine so you can play around with it. You can see how it feels, right? If you have something like that, that's gonna yourself the win. But Ne- and also never be the team that promises the moon uh, because the clients, is are going to come back to you. Definitely. Because they're going to look at the cost and the value. All right. So let's take that scenario to the next step. Mm-hmm. Because yes,
1: we've been in that process. We know that happens and we, we've lost out clients. But mm-hmm. we've also been in that situation where that client then comes back to you eight months down the line and hands you the project and goes... The team that we went with completely fucked this up. Mm. Now we need to get it finished. How do you tackle projects where you come in and
2: you're basically the firefighters? Uh, well, the first thing you need to do is this: you, it, it's not pre-production because the game's already been done, but at that moment you need to do your due diligence and look at the engine, look at the work that's been done. Like answer all your questions from the team side. You need to take that work sort work of the client and say, Hey, we need time to look at actually what you've actually that team has delivered. Because if you say, we're just going to go in and do it, and you get to the engine, and the engine doesn't support unloading of memory, for instance. And so now you're running into lag during one of your whatever, maps or what have you, right? So you got to do the due diligence and say, hey, we need to look at the work that's been done. We need to see if we're taking it over from another team. I need to look at their libraries. I need to look at their code. And if they can't deliver it, and guess what? We have to start over. Well, it's also
1: the general rule that if you ever show an engineer from one team the work of another group of engineers from the other team, they're always going to tell you that you have to start over.
2: True. But at the same time, I'm saying, if let's say the client had an engine, for instance. Right? like, Let's say there was a team, like you're taking over a project that the engine was actually built by the client, right? And you need to take a look at the engine.
1: All right, so... That that leads me to another wonderful segue. And see, James is used to my complete ADD and, and wandering train of thought. Engines, what parts of pre-production and production mm-hmm. are the ones that just need to be kept as is? You don't need proprietary whatever to do it. You don't want to reinvent the wheel. What are the core parts of producing some of these games or even developing some of them that you should just use something off the shelf instead of trying to go create it on your own oh you're talking about the
2: actual game itself yeah hmm. yeah that, that that question without me without me understanding what the features are what you're actually making i can't answer that because what's uh, going to happen way. is right if you look at the you're no fun just shut know. up shut up because if you take a look at the features, say you take a look at the gd you take a look at the game itself that's going to answer those questions do i need a can I just use the built-in Unreal animation sequence, or the Unity, for that matter? Right? Can I can I just use their core uh, character controller? Right? But if you need to have, so those are the things you need to look at and say, hey, out of the box, can we use this? Because this feature doesn't need X, Y, and Z. I
1: so know right. I can't.
2: There's not something that says I uh, across the board this is going to work or not.
1: All right. So let's let's take another question then. So. You, to this day, work remote. I mean, you and I over the years have done 99% of our work managing remote teams. Yes. What tool sets do you use and what are some of the best practices, aside from communication? Mm -hmm. Because we've we've established that one. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: How do you effectively manage distributed teams? Because that's more important than ever, Mm -hmm. you know, post-pandemic
2: now. Yeah, but it goes, once again, if you take the thing about communication, Jay it's using your tools, it's using Slack, it's using Jira, it's using Confluence, it's using whatever tools that you guys use to have that. Because what happens is working from home now, you know, like the team I'm currently with, they're seven hours, like when I get online, line, they're seven hours behind me, right? The oh, Sorry, seven hours ahead of me. My client's three hours behind me, right? And so the idea of like understanding that you have your Jira and your Confluence and your Slack in places for your uh, you know, Slack being a communication from having that outside team so they communicate. Um, get in the morning, do status updates, where everyone's at, you do your stand-ups, make sure everyone's on the same page. What's your cadence of meetings? What's your cadence of understanding what the structure is of who's available? You know, like you don't, like I don't want to come in on my mornings and automatically have a stand-up with my team because it ends up it being right in the middle of their day and I don't want to stop their movement so i hit up my uh producer in my dm and i talk with them and say okay is everything good you know i take a look at jira and i take a look at confluence or the updates and i go through it um, i think it's having those in play that allows you to understand what the flow is going on all right so i know what slack and jira are what is confluence confluence is basically just a database for notes think of it as a um, a wiki. It's basically a wiki. If okay. you add to it, yep. So aside from those three, are there any other like major
1: organization tools that you use?
2: Um, those are the major ones that throughout that I've used. There are also others but they're not as popular and now I'm drawing a blank of what those are and I'm sure people are yelling at me because they're like, oh, I use this, this, and this. Um Majority is it, it's Jira and Confluence, especially with Jira when it comes to tracking tasks and user stories and epics and all that jira jira i couldn't live without well right. base, oh, base camp oh, yeah, i hate base camp sorry for people who use base camp
0: sorry are you looking for a publisher for your game well we have something special just for you it's the most comprehensive listing of pc console and mobile publishers in the industry over 700 companies sorted by platform with links to their websites. You can get the list at www.powellgroupconsulting.com slash publisher list. And you can get it for free. Check it out.
1: All right, we've got a question that just came in
2: from Discord. What are grits made? Oh fuck you. Who the fuck is that? Who wrote that? Because uh, you know what? Because it's it's because you motherfucker. God damn, it's not I know it's not pine trees, okay? So let me tell you something. <laughs> fuck. You guys are <laughs> um, when the New York it comes moves to North Carolina and you have no idea where grits come from because you never had grits and the person goes they're from pine trees because they're all over why not? Because grits were, fuck you <laughs> and also snipe hunting fuck you Jay I never took you snipe hunting I know, I know but I never knew what it was until when I finally found what it was I think for Mark who actually explained to me what snipe hunting was and I remember going to you like you son of a bitch I can't believe you were going to do Ooh. that to me you, you he was the Mark go, of Paul who, who told me that.
1: Mark was a sniper. You don't want to go snipe hunting with an actual, honest to God army sniper. That would not be, um, that would not be, yeah, that. no,
2: no, no. But yeah, no, the grits are not. I know what grits are made from now. Thank
1: you. All right, so for folks out there who want to go the production route, and mm. God knows we need more good producers in the industry in the first place, mm-hmm. if they're. Just coming out of school, or they're just trying to find their way in the industry. What do they need to be doing? Are there resources that they should go to? How do you set yourself up for being a good producer in the first place?
2: QA. He'd say it that way. Okay, you start in QA. Understand understand the roles and responsibility, what it takes to make a game. QA is your last line of defense. And does anyone in here works for a company that understands QA? the hell with you qa is extremely important and i will live and die by my qa it's my last line of defense it's my last moment that says here's a chance to release something or not release something and i always will tell my qa manager your goal is to make my life difficult because if you don't make my life difficult and we release something that's broken then i'm going to come to you and say where the fuck did we release this um but get in the industry and understand even if you get out of class to understand the real world scenario of day-to-day if you can get into a QA job and build yourself up from there, I think that's the best way you start.
1: I mean, I, I'm not going to argue that because all of the producers that we had came through QA, and a good QA person is not only detail organized, mm-hmm. but they have wonderful communication skills because you have to be able to explain how you did it, and you also have to be able to think outside the box, a.k.a. Ming in the Kung Fu game.
2: Oh. Thank you, Ming. I hate you and I loved you. That one day, dude, hated it and loved him. Never forget that. Um, going back to QA too, when I tell someone it's difficult to write steps to re- reproduce something, until you actually do you don't realize how difficult it actually is. There's a great, there's a great interview question for QA that says, How do you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I know that sounds stupid. But if you think about the steps it actually makes to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, the amount of steps it actually takes from opening the drawer to opening the bread to taking a little plastic thing off, all the steps to actually make, and I want a QA person to be able to describe to me the steps to do that. And if you can't, then that's one of the first things I would tell you to work on. Work on the steps to make something. Another thing you can do and I'm not saying for production, but just to get the industry, get your hands dirty, download Unreal, download Unity. There are enough tool sets that, God, Jay, I wish we had these when we got, we had nothing, right? <laughs> we had, what do we had, MS Paint? I mean, seriously. And so yeah. like all these tool sets that are right here that are YouTube, you can make your own game This week, there are enough free tools out there for you to just get your hands dirty. Do it. Why not? Right. Learn the mistakes. Learn the pain points. Learn how to make something. At the end of the day, you know you're responsible for yourself. Game jams. True, true. Get on the market. You know, get on, play games. Get on the Discord. Talk to people. Network. Right. Uh, Go to. I G D A is not a thing anymore, but. Yeah, all, it is. You know, well, I'm saying not at what it used to be. I don't, whatever. You know, like I'll never forget. This is a sad, sad story. I remember I went to an IGDA, met the guys who made um, the old school sit down Star Wars arcade. I was talking to them and I was talking about credits. And I was like, hey, I don't know why this conversation came up. And they were allowed to put credits in the game. And the guy comes up to me. He's just like, yeah, but by the way, our our initials are in the game i said how so he says when you go back and play it and there's pylons in the game and as you shoot the top of the 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 obelisks as the as the lines are coming at you towards your face they actually form their initials i'm like holy shit that's awesome right guy comes walking me he's the guy who made a, a adventure for atari right and i'm like oh my god you're and he worked at carolina as a And he, as a professor, I remember he came into where I was working and he brought us and he's like, I really want to get back in the game industry. I wrote a design document and he brought it to me and I'm like, and that was nothing. I was like working in the industry for like three months. And I was like, wait, this is the guy who made adventure. He's come to me. And I'm like, I feel so sad for you. Like, I don't know what to, like, here's a bagel because this is all I can do for you. You know what? you made adventure. If you've never played Adventure for the Atari, which is out, you know, dating myself, it's a great game.
1: And and James is very much a purist. He once told me that I should not be allowed to be in the industry because at that point I had never played a Legend of Zelda game.
2: Uh, You still haven't played the original Zelda. Yeah, I
1: have. I beat Breath of the
2: Wild. Jesus Christ. But no, the other ones bore me. See, I was about to say, for people that are right now, they're all like, yeah. Don't tell me I beat Breath of the Wild and you'd be the original Zelda.
1: I do want to backtrack a little bit and explain the whole ragdoll thing. So why it's important to have testers that think outside of the box. And I'm not going to go into the details of exactly which game it is, but it shouldn't take too many people too long to figure it out. Mm -hmm. We were, this is when we were actually publishers. So Mm. this game, had it gone to market as is, Would have fallen back on us. And this is after the Grand Theft Auto hot coffee thing.
2: Yeah, but we could get it. We we could totally get a discussion about this, Jay. To this day, I think we should have released it. I still do.
1: That's not the point.
2: (laughs) I'm not even going to get into that discussion because, one, yes,
1: we would have violated our ESRB rating if we had, but. It's just some (laughs) (laughs) urine. So what happens? Everyone we're teased. like three days before Goldmaster. Mm-mm. Back in the days when you actually had an honest to God Goldmaster, it wasn't one, one, one day? Three. one day,
2: one day before one.
1: We have uh, a guy come in who Ming. We'll, we'll call him Ming. Ming.
2: He knows who he is. Who's really successful? He wasn't right now. working
1: for us at the time, but he had been a tester with us earlier mm. and we're all waiting to go to lunch. So he just sits down in front of his computer and starts like playing this game. And mm. then he goes, Hey,
2: are y'all going to keep this whole peeing thing in there? No, 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 let, let me, no, this is, I was in my office and this is what I hear. I hear, Oh shit. That's what I hear. And I just hear them go, James, can you come here please? And I'm like, and what are the first words out of my mouth? Oh shit because I could tell by the tone. Okay, back to you, sir.
1: So you can, in this game, you controlled the movements of the various limbs of the Kung Fu person. Mm. And Ming had discovered that if you rub the hand on the crotch of the Mm. Kung Fu Mm. person, this is where I argued that that was not urine. Um, A fluid began to fly. None of us had ever... Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. seen this had any idea it was in there but here we have you know someone come in from the outside who had been a tester and who you know does think outside the box and plays games like you don't normally play it we would have never known it we would have Mm -hmm. absolutely never known it until it went you know to retail and then we got some angry ass letter from (laughs) you know walmart and best buy and the esrb and and everything else but in addition to communication and organization, you may need to make sure that your QA folks can think outside the
2: box now. Yes, yes. Now, that being said, it took a lot. I wanted to explain people that it wasn't just like, I just put my hand over the crotch. You need to put your hand over the crotch and circle really fast. Yeah,
1: yeah. Which gets back to the point that that was not urine. Um, all right. Well, that's how I pee. Question, bit of a specific question mm-hmm. from YouTube. I'm currently an artist on a project and unexpectedly had to jump into production role managing freelancers. Mm-hmm. As someone
2: with little experience, what should I prioritize? Uh, what's your next goal? What is your next goal to get that um, art out, right? An environmental art, or you trying to do a 3D character, you're trying to build a rig. Like, What is your prioritize based upon the schedule? Prioritize with what your next, deliverable is. Um, if you have a sprint, let's say you're working a two-week sprint, of course, you want to be, you know, hopefully, like at least three sprints ahead of where you're at. Prioritize what those needs are for that goal and communicate with the team. Now, of course, things come up and says, hey, you do your, your sprint review, and the client comes back and says, hey, we really want this instead, and you have to change what your next goal is for your deliverable and hopefully you're working in agile so you always have something you can play and iterate against but that being said you should be defining your next deliverable based upon what your next feature set is and then work backwards from that
1: delivery point this here here's the steps to make our peanut butter and jelly sandwich and this is how we're gonna have to get there
2: yeah and also like and also another thing is like break it down Right, uh, get into the habit of understanding writing good user stories. User stories are going to set yourself up to succeed. A good user story, broken down to an epic, broken down into your, what your tasks are. Work with the team to break down those tasks. What is your timing, and understand what the user because anyone should be able to write anyone. Your team should be able to write a user story, and a good user story will set you that set you up for a win because then anyone. Uh, can understand. And that's one I, I want to digress digress for a little bit. At any moment, no matter what happens, anyone on your team should be able to read the game design document or content document. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's someone who doesn't know gaming at all, that they should be able to read your game design document and be able to play their game in their head the way that the design document is written because then that, then that translates to what you're creating. All right, so backing up. What's the user story? And give us an example. Um, and my brain is failing because I've had the flu. So, as a user, I want to do that something so that uh, the idea—I don't have one in front of me. Um, so, if I want to break something apart, right? Um, what's what's the actual? There's there's the actual. Yeah. As a persona, I want to sell that right What's your feature right as a user, I want to go to the store and buy buy something or you know as a buyer, I want to go to the store so that I can buy this object right let's take it let, let's let, let's take that a step further if I'm uh, a certain person who's in a shop. as a user, I want to buy a uh, battle pass so that I can uh, receive more content right? And then if and if your user story is too large, then you break it into smaller user stories. Uh, And a user story, once again, should be written by anybody, it doesn't matter, you do not have have someone technical, write a user story, because you should have someone whose design or art or anyone says, as this, I want to do this, so that I can do this. Right? Excellent.
1: But you've got to break it all the way down. And that's where. Oh, well, yes. yes. And that's where. So that was actually part of my job at one point because I wasn't the technical person. God knows I, I could do production and I produced and executive produced several games. But God, I don't want to go back to it
2: again. I'm not good at it. I know I'm not good at it. Um, <laughs> well, you, you know what? Don't give yourself more credit. I give you a hard time, but you're one of the smartest well, Of course, we I give know. each other a hard well, time. That's why this mm, is fun. Smartest person I know. Mm, I'm going to disagree with that.
1: But. It, it's, it's having that person that's not like absolutely integrated into everything going on, come out and write that user story because it helps frame everything else from the stance of someone who's not, you know, living this game day in and day out every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, user stories always seem like, from Joe on YouTube, user stories always seem like an unnecessary abstraction of text, but I've only managed projects for myself. You should still have them. Well uh, Joe,
2: they're not. Because they're, they're, uh, I'm not trying to you. Right, that's it. They're not, Joe. That's it. Fuck you. Next the, question. That, that's you. No, the the reason being is like think about what you know, you should always write down your ideas, you always write down your thoughts, right? Um, if you write down your user story and then you could take about it and think about multiple user stories or building your picture picture of the game, right? And so if you have a whole block of user stories, you're actually building the game because what's happening is let's say you're doing it by yourself and let's say you work on something and then you have those user stories and let's say you get some funding and now it's not just you, Joe, it's more people. And so now you have all those user stories and now you have, you can bring on some technical people and now they can break out those user stories into tasks. And now you have something that people can actually run with. But your beginning user story, your beginning idea, is that moment that says, "Hey, I want to create this." If you come up to me says, "Hey, I got this great idea. I'm going to make a first person shooter in space." Fuck you. Like, great. I want you to break it down. I want you to understand. What are the guns going to do? How's it going to shoot? What's your run speed? Can you double jump? Can you pick up? Can you? What's all the thing? Is gravity going to be affected? If I get close to the orbit, is gravity going to be affected? Am I jumping from planet to planet? Give me all the rule stats tied to the game as a user story that defines your game that we can break down the tasks.
1: The other side of that is, if nothing else, it's good practice for that next project when you do have a team.
2: Yes. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, And the thing is, it's not, I say it's, it is also a challenge to write a good user story, right? Because what happens is I've seen it happen where it's too nebulous, right? As a user, I want to make money so I can be rich. Oh, great. Don't we all? Like, what?
1: Obviously, we don't. We still work in this industry. That's a good except, point. Except for That's... Matt
2: and Data. They're, no. they're, they're doing fine. <laughs> they're doing just fine. <laughs> Love them both. Miss them both very much. All right.
1: From Derek on YouTube, what format have you found helps publishers understand game production timelines and cost best? Holy shit, this could be a whole nother episode. A spreadsheet with t-shirt sizing and features, a Gantt chart, simple chart and timeline. James, how do we deal with publishers that are new to the
2: industry and don't understand production? Give them explosions. Um, You have, first of all, Derek, that's a great question. Uh, it all depends upon the publisher you're dealing with, right? You have to understand who your audience is. It's extremely important. You don't want to go in the meeting and have a spreadsheet say, with, say, a spreadsheet with T-shirt sizing or features if they don't understand what you're actually showing them. A Gantt chart, to me, I'm, no offense to anybody, I know those people love Gantt charts, they don't help. They're just lines that make that people can easily conflict and go in and dates and it makes no sense, right? If you have production timelines, I think your first thing is production timelines and costs. Another thing is people, right? And then understanding your team structure. But again, going back, you first need to understand who is your audience, who you actually are walking to an office or doing something online and what you're going to do. And I'm not going to go into details, but a couple of weeks ago, I had a, um, a meeting with Netflix and uh, we went through a proposal and halfway through it, the guy stopped us and basically said something that just took the whole conversation away, something that we weren't even, we didn't, wasn't shared with us. Right. And so what happened was I actually went to a, back to another person and said, Hey, we didn't know this. Right, this affected our pitch. And so next time when you talk to this, I need I need to know these answers for this part before I go into a room and pitch to someone. I need to understand what they want. Right. If that is think about it as your publisher is on a dating site, you swiped right, they swipe right. Right? Take that moment and get to know them. Take that moment to ask open-ended questions. Take those moments to understand what they want. You know, when we have this meeting, when actually, what are you looking for? How many, who's going to be there, right? Understanding, you know, is it one guy? Is it a whole, is it a whole team? Is it, you're also talking to the artists. You're also talking to, like, if you're just talking to the legal side or the marketing side, it's going to change the, what you're, what you're delivering. So there's not, I, there's not one, answer it just really depends upon the audience you're delivering to one
1: of the things that james helped me with and this is goes very much into when you're the producer and you're dealing with the business people or the marketing people keep in mind when we started doing this there was there were no rules it was just like hey (laughs) we need a holly hobby game on the ds and it needs to be worth twenty dollars when James said I would come in and, and Seagull papers into his chair, those papers were actually guidelines that he helped me build. So when I was dealing with the client, this is especially true if you're doing work for higher stuff. When I was dealing with the client, I then knew all the questions to ask so that he would have all the information that he needed. So it's very important to have that coordination between the business folks and the producers that is doing this sort of work.
2: That is so valuable. Do not let bizdev oversell you. If biz dev goes in and promises the world, that biz dev is setting your team up to fail. Because you're chasing against something that's undoable. That mm, mm, mm. And, and you know, I give Jay a hard time. He never did I, mean, I think he did it to me once, actually.
1: Uh, but you know. The only major screw up we had was the one that you weren't even in. It was that other producer who just at some point rubber stamped the fact that we weren't going to have multiplayer in the game, but he never bothered to tell the
2: oh 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 oh, oh, you mean the the same the same person I told you guys not to hire? Oh, that's right. (laughs) Fucking, I hate that. That I Mm, I, I, I don't. Nope, we're not going to do that. Let's just. No one knows. No one. I didn't have a say in that hire. No one knows that. Let's move on. (laughs) All right. Next question. So, yeah, if, once again, understand, also understand your biz dev, right? Understand what kind of questions they're going to ask. Understand what they're selling, right? Understand what your what sets you apart. Like, why is that company going to hire you?
1: There's our next question. Can you believe that start from a QA position? What about career shifting? Do you still believe that starting from a QA position is necessary? I have background as a PM and team leader and I'm trying to shift for producer. This is a good one for me too, because it's a good chance to explain the difference between what a project
2: manager and a producer is as well. Um, so I have shifted from producer to product and I'm going to tell you why. Hold on, I'm going to pull that question back up so you can okay. refer All to right. it. If I, sh- I shifted from producer to project, sorry, project to product, because I understand what the client, I understand what the end user needs. I understand about the features. I understand about design. I understand what the what the rules and responsibilities are to get the game out. Right. At the end of the day, what's the client's needs? What's my end user's needs? So I, when we first started, everything fell under this project management role. There was, there was no such thing as product manager. It was always project manager and project manager did everything. Um, when it comes to uh, a shift, I do not I do not feel you need to go back and do a QA, if, but you understand what the differences are. And Jay, I'll, I'll hand it to you. But understanding what the project manager and what the differences is between a good project manager and a good product manager is because you need to be able to clearly define those roles if you have someone else managing project and product so how do you separate them uh think of it as the project um the product is the ceo of the game and the the project is the ceo of the team right and so breaking down the team the responsibilities versus the game the, uh, the actual ceo of making the game itself not the tasks not the overhead not the people but the product that that user and you need to work day and day with your project manager because if something is to happen and you say, hey, I need this feature done, and they go, I don't have the bodies. We have this feature set coming out at this time. As a product manager, you you can come up with a great feature set, but if product manager tells you, I don't have the team to work on it right now, we're gonna have to put this on a further sprint or look at our backlog and try to fit it in someplace. We really need to do that. And sorry, that's not really that's not doesn't answer this question but yeah i don't think i, I don't think you can you can definitely shift from project to product
1: all right but by product i mean are you talking about a traditional producer
2: mm
0: mhm well that,
1: i I, product
2: yeah, producer I but a but a typical producer is more project than pro, project than product right a pm and a producer are pretty close
1: okay excellent So just understand everything.
2: I hate to say it. Yeah, I know it's true. Like you need to understand, like you don't need to know how an IDE gets written and how the AI of a certain bot is going to work at this moment if I jump and something's to happen. But you need to know why we're making bots in a game and what the bots should do right? Are the bots stupid? Do the bots need to get to a certain checkpoint? Do the bots need to do this? You need to understand that. Now, you're not the technical person, but from your feature creation to understand what the product is from the end user, what those features and what those items are and how they all interconnect. That's extremely important is understanding from a product standpoint, what is my journey as a player when we first launch a game from all the way from soup the nuts what is what are the steps the player is doing at any moment are they having downtime do i have something that brings them away from my core game loop that actually we can offer them something do i offer them chat how do i keep them involved in the game yes back in the day i played wow incredibly I remember you still do i see you log on i don't play wow anymore overwatch okay. um there's two games i want to bring up they're both triple a titles but two titles that uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to bring them up. I don't know When you can walk away from a game and think about the game when you're not playing it, that is an extreme win. So what what, was, what are the two games? Wow, Sek- and- uh, 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 wow and Sekiro.
1: Huh.
2: Yeah. Wow, wow. I remember I walked outside. I'll never forget. Wow, I walked outside and I was like, huh, I could use those to use for herbalization. Holy shit, James. Those are weeds in your backyard. That's not real life. What the fuck? And I wasn't stoned or high or anything. Straight up. Sober as hell. The other time with Sekiro, I remember I was on the boss. Forget boss, boss's name. Towards the end of the game. Sekiro is one of my favorite titles. But uh, I was on this boss for hours and hours and hours. And my dog was just like, she's like, I really need to pee, Dad. And I'm like, just wait. And I finally went out to take the dog for a pee. As I'm walking her, I go, oh, shit. I should do this at this moment on this move set. And I remember I I finished walking the dog and walked back inside and I did it and I ended up being the boss. So those moments of that gameplay where you could walk away from a game and think about it, those moments as a gamer, yeah, far and few between, but when they do happen, they're the most amazing things. All right. So the actual
1: title we went with this episode was why you need a good producer for your video game. Let's look at the teams that are out there that are small. Mm -hmm. We're not talking Mm -hmm. dozens of people. We're talking like five. Mm -hmm. How big does your team need to be before you have a dedicated producer? And then how can you Mm. be a producer if you also have other roles on the team? Yeah,
2: that's a that's a hard question, because when I've never actually just done one role ever in my career. Yeah, ever. Yeah, no, I can't, no, I, just the other day, I was in Figma doing design work. Um, um, I, you know, built out this whole, no, yeah, I, it's, it's, hmm, let me change, like, I'm not gonna change my answer, but don't, don't, don't tell yourself you're just only this, right, I'm just a producer, I'm just product, I'm just design, You, you should, you know, anytime you should wear multiple hats. I think a good uh, producer wears multiple hats and there is not a moment you just say, Hey, I'm just going to be the sole producer and not be the bagel go getter or the design guy or walking to QA and saying, how can I help? Or, Hey, I looked at the build and I noticed this, or, Hey, how can I help you? I look like you just had a problem with your car. Let me help you wash your car. And, you know, they it's it's everything underneath the sun, right? And to me, that's what I don't. I don't think you should limit yourself to just having one. You do have one title when you work in the industry, but I don't. I don't think you should limit yourself. I'm only doing this role. If you do, then you're gonna you're gonna kick yourself every day. So, how do you?
1: Let's say you're on the design side, mm. and you're on the production side. How mm. do you? Split that time, which, you know, when you get conflicts that come up between your multiple roles, how do you figure
2: out which one wins? Um, priorities based upon the priorities of that day, right? Um, and also understanding your team structure. Like, if you have a good design lead, and that's another thing is you have to have the right people. Like, don't don't tell yourself, I'm going to be producer and design lead, right? It's like telling me that your engineers are going to be QA, you know what? If your engineer ever tells you and says I'm gonna be QA, fuck them. We have it no. happen. You oh, it's about. happened so it's happened so many times in my we don't, career.
1: And I no. quote, We don't need to run this through QA because our engineer said there wasn't any bugs.
2: Right. Right. Exactly. There were. No, there were. There are. There will be. No game is ever released without a bug. Um but yeah, no, it's 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 oh wearing multiple hats for sure. All right, so we're,
1: we've already gone over our hour. and I'm Oh, sure wait, you. you had me to one thirty. Oh, no, we put that in there because we always end up running that late. Oh, shit. We're okay. supposed to be one
2: hour. Oh, I don't care. All right, so if ask you've got any
1: anymore. questions that you want
2: asked. Oh, I don't anyone, care. I'll, I'll ask you. I'll answer anything, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, he will.
2: Um <laughs> <laughs> Pop them in chat right now.
1: Dan had to bounce, so make it easy on me. Pop them in chat on on YouTube or Twitch or wherever you are, and, and we'll get going through it. Um, what's the biggest mistake that that rookie producers make, James?
2: Uh, overpromise and deliver. Think they can take on the world, right? And don't and don't strengthen your team. Once again, a good leader values the team that they have, right? They um, a good producer also. Um yeah the biggest mistake you can have is over promise undeliver and, and and i'm not talking about to the client i'm talking to your team also you need to be a strong leader but you also need to have that once again as i started it you need to understand that they have lives outside of who you are right and understand those values understanding that and building and i also you need to be the same person good or bad there's gonna be great times and there's going to be shitty times. You're like, why the fuck did I go into this industry? Why did I not just become a plumber? Why <coughs> I could have become a mechanic. I could be doing something else. Please, I tried to get out of this industry four times. I've done it three. <laughs> right? But you should always be the same person. Your team should never see if shit goes sideways if shit goes bad. You should always be the same person. You should always appreciate them and understand, but also be strong enough that the times that are shitty to be able to have that voice, to be able to stand up as a leader and say, Hey, this is what we this these are the next things we have to do to be able to get through this. When I just had to do it, but they do not want you to see, you know, shit go sideways, and now you just become business guy and you act differently to your team, because then you the team's gonna they're gonna they're gonna walk. They're gonna mutiny on you. They're gonna walk away from you. All right. So uh, I'm going to go into another like deep, complex
1: question here, and this gets back to one: why people like you and I have tried to get out of this industry multiple times, and we all keep coming back. Mm-hmm. But two, this is like a fundamental problem we have from the ground up in the industry. It's like we do this because we love it, but that love is what gets us in trouble. It's what makes us work like ridiculous hours and, you know, agree to do crunch when we shouldn't be doing crunch and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. How do you enforce mental breaks with your team? How do you make sure that, you know, you don't have those people that are like, well, I really love this job, so I don't mind working on the weekends to get it done.
2: How how, how do you manage that? Uh, it depends upon, there's a couple of, well, There's a couple different ways you can handle that. If you work from home, uh, you need to have play sessions with your team that has nothing to do with work. You know, play Overwatch. Play League of Legends, which I don't play. I don't know why that game just chopped in my head and it's not my type of title. We're talking
1: about team building, not team tearing
2: down. So League of Legends is out. Play, play, Play games. Also, do competitive analysis. Talk about the tiles. Also, let your team have a voice, right? Do not get into a meeting and be the only person speaking right? if you have to pass around a hat or you have to pass around something everyone you know there' the old adage that says you have 20 people in a room you got 20 ideas of course right there's adult thing if you sit on the planes you sell, hey what do you do I you know I work in the game industry oh you work in the game industry you get to play games all day I got this great idea for the game I bet you do right but you know what I'm sure you do right but then you got to trust also your team like like go out and play pool. Go out and do the arcade. Go out and do those things, those moments of uh, let them shoot you in the head with Nerf guns. Buy bagels for them, right? It's 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 you have to build a team, and also if that shit goes sideways, where you have to do crunch, know that you you're the team has to know that you're going to go to bat for them, right and with them. I'll be in you, Jay. You've seen it, and I've seen it from you. We're in the trenches with the team. I'm right there with you. There's no, the right. I'm not going to be like, okay, see you guys Monday. I'm just Later. a big I'm out. Right. Mm. right. Yeah. Do the, Hey, do this. Do this. I hope it works out for you. No, you know, I'm, I'll work with the client on the weekend. Just happened this past Sunday. Here I am. I had the flu and I got a call the client. We worked through a walk through the bill for like two hours, you know? And so, yeah, there are times that you're going to be like, you're going to have to put your life on hold. It happens. Now, You explain that, try to explain that to your better half that does not work in the game industry. Hmm, That could be a problem at times for sure.
1: No. (laughs) So James, you know, going back to someone said, James seems nice.
2: James (laughs) is that
1: person (laughs) in the office who always is going to say good morning to you, (laughs) whether it is or it isn't. And James also knew, I didn't talk to anybody. Before I had my coffee. So oh, wait. yeah. In.
2: Well, wait, wait, wait. Well, let me see how go over the rules. Don't come into my office before nine. Don't, don't ask me a question if I have my coffee cup in my hand. Yeah, that was the one. That was the one. Do not ask me anything if I have my coffee cup in my hand. And I remember walking <laughs> to the office, and you look at me, and your hand, it's like a fucking reaction. Your hand automatically reached out and grabbed the coffee cup and picked it up. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You are <laughs> not holding the coffee cup. no, 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 no 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 so yeah no, he, he would here. literally
1: stand in my door so he wasn't in my office and stand
2: there and stare at me until i responded with that's the true that's true yes but at the same time you you, you did there were definitely some valuable lessons there are times you're gonna have to times it's gonna be hard you're gonna get on the phone with the client and you're gonna have to be an asshole. there's gonna be times you're gonna have to get I remember. i'll never forget I'm not going to say any names. Where I basically said, if I don't, if I land at GDC and I don't have a build in my hands, I'm going to find you on GDC floor, and I'm going to beat the shit out of you. I told this to my to, to, the team we hired, and guess what? I had a build by the time I landed. But the other side of it is, if a team has worked with you for a while, they know that
1: it's so out of character for you that it has uh, to be some serious shit. True, right? If uh, yeah, I right, right, said right. that to somebody, they'd be like, "Whatever the fuck, Jay." Yeah, right. Yeah all right one we're gonna do this again James I I, I truly appreciate you
2: yeah you know, I appreciate you, you thank are, you for the, the people that held out I think Erica I don't know who I hung up the whole time but thank you you know every I
1: know when I know every time James is switching jobs because I get a call from a recruiter and they're like so tell me about James well, I mean, and well, I, I, hmm. I tell them every single one of them I tell them he's fantastic He's awesome, but I'll also tell you that if I have a need for him, I am going to poach him out of your studio because he is one of the ones
2: that is, is the best. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that, man.
1: Thank you for putting up with my
2: shit for 20 years. <laughs> oh, same here. It's the same here. I mean, I you know, if anyone wants to laze some dirt. I mean, that's the end of the day, Jay. You've always had me back. And like if it wasn't for like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Huh, if you guys weren't so cool, I might have not ended up being in this industry. Fuck. Fuck.
1: And I did at one point drag you back into this industry when you
2: were perfectly fine out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hmm All righty, folks. We're going to go play some Fortnite. See yes, you guys later. No, I need to take a break.
1: This, yeah. <laughs> this is wrapping up. Twenty twenty two for indie game business. Wait, oh, we'll is this the last one?
2: Oh shit! I'm the year ender.
1: You're the year ender, and this is four years that we've been doing this. So that's awesome.
2: Holy shit!
1: All right, congrats. Quick, Dan already had to bounce, so it's just on me to to play us out here. One, once again, thank you to the wonderful folks at Tripwire presents. You
2: all have yes, thank
1: you, Tripwire. To us, thank you. Um, two. As a result of our stuff with Tripwire Presents, as soon as I get the rest of my voice back, we're going to finish recording the second of two 100% completely free e-classes that you'll be able to take, download, enjoy, learn from. Uh, The first one is going to be on how you go about finding a publisher. And the next one is going to be how you evaluate your publisher and the contract. They will be live before... 2023 so we have like two weeks to wrap them up
2: yeah and take, um, your, take your publisher out drinking
1: oh yes if you can like take your, night if, night if, night.
2: if you can do due diligence on any client or any team take them out outside their normal environment and that will give you yeah uh, yeah yeah we're gonna leave on that note oh axe throwing oh take god axe go. throwing Axe. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea.
1: That's a better idea before you start working with someone than after you've been working with them for a little while. Mm. Jay, thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure, man. All right, everybody. We'll see you next year. Later. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at... IndieGame.Business. dot business.